Praise the Lord. Doesn't it feel good to be in the house of the Lord right now? Did you know you are in the presence of that great God? Did you, did you know that the creator of the universe is in this place right here? He's not just the wayfinder. He's not just the wayfinder. You've tried to find a way and you can't find a way. The God that is in this house is the way maker. Where there is no way, he makes a way. When the relationship is impossible, he makes a way. Where connection with God was impossible, he made a way. Where worship was difficult, he made a way today for you. The way maker is in the house today. The provider, the lover of your soul, the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Your fortress, your rock, your tower that the righteous run into and are saved. The day I first took a breath, you were in this day. The day I made a mistake, the day I betrayed your will, the day I failed, you loved me because you knew this day was coming. You've been in this day. You know what's on my mind right now. You know the weights and the burdens that are pulling at my heart. You're aware of every difficult situation. You're aware of the trouble, the doubt, the concern, the fear, the anxiety. You're aware of all of these things. And you have come today with everything I need to be successful today. Lord, this is the day that you have made. And right now, I can rejoice and be glad in it because you are here right now. Oh, Jesus. Sometimes the Lord moves into a place like this with great clashes of thunder and, and demonstration and, and mighty, mighty, mighty works and huge, just demonstrative presence. And other times he comes in like he's doing right now, like a, like a breeze in the summertime, like a refreshing fragrance after a rain, like a long day's work and you sit down for the first time all day and 
Sometimes the Lord just moves in like a time of refreshing. What if we could just take a breath right now? I've got things to do. You've got things to do. We've got a schedule. We've got a plan. But nothing is more important than breathing in the presence of God we feel right now. Lord, I'm in your presence. All of my difficulties are strangely small right now. All of my shortcomings, they seem to fade in the distance when I'm in your presence. Oh, while you have this atmosphere of, of focus and dedication to God, I want to remind you that this is the environment in which God heals cancer. This is, the, this is what it feels like. The Holy Ghost is in this house. This is what it feels like when the, the mighty God, the, the wonderful counselor, begins to give you wise advice. Counselor, speak to our hearts today. Listen, some of you are making choices that you need some good counsel on. The counselor is here. Some of you have already made choices that you need some good. The counselor is here. Lord, what would you have me to consider when making a decision like this? sorry to leave this place, Lord. Lord, this is so wonderful. Lord, it's like I stand on the beach with you and with every wave that crashes into the sandy shore is another testimony of your grace and mercy. That when I feel too small, in washes another innumerable quantity of water of mercy when I feel I don't have what it takes to go to the next level you wash over me with grace favor of God that I don't deserve oh Lord thank you for today I honor you are in the house today. Miracles are in the house. Lord, I need you right now to help me do what it is you've called me to do. Lord, I give you this service today. And I'm here to serve you in any way you would have me to. I ask this in the wonderful, powerful, lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Wow. Oh, folks, I just went on a trip, man. That was good. That was good. Thank you for letting me go where I just went. Man, I'm sorry. I'm looking at all you people standing there. I hope you didn't have to just watch that. I hope you got to, I hope you got to go with me. Man, that was good. Whew. That was good. Praise the Lord. 
God bless you. You may be seated. I'm glad to see all of you right here in the house of the Lord today. Are you glad to be here? Some of you are glad to be here. Are you really glad to be in the house of the Lord today? I got a problem. I've got too many prizes and nobody to give them to. Anybody really glad to be in the house of the Lord? The first one to stand up on his feet. There was one guy over here that was really happy. Is there a lady really happy? You were the first one to stand up. Pays to jump on your feet when Brother McCool's here. Anybody happy? You were the first one. Boom, right there. First one. I've got a pink-hearted dog for somebody today. I told you I was good. Nobody wants my dog. Sit. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. The person that can answer this question first is the one I'm going to try to get this pink dog to. Now, let's see. Oh, what's a good question? Oh, yesterday. How many of you are here yesterday? If you're here yesterday, raise your hand. Okay, here's the answer to the question. Just so you know, it is a stony heart. That's the answer to the question, okay? All right, that's the answer to the question. How many of you are older than four years old today? Raise your hand. Okay, good, 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 good. That's very good. How many of you had a good time yesterday? Okay, that's really good. That's really good. How many of you know that uh, her birthday is, uh, is August 21st? Did you know that? Raise your hand over there, right over there, August 21st. Yeah, I learned that over there. God's going to take out of you what? A stony heart. That works. Don't worry. I've got a red one. I need you to name this for me. I need you to name this. Touch this heart. Touch this puppy and tell me, what do you think a good name for this puppy would be? Heart. Heart. Have you ever had a dog named Heart? No. If you did, would you be able to take really good care? Of what would you do to take good care of this dog named Heart? What kind of things could you do to take good care? I'm going to give you the mic. Say we, we can put him to bed. You would put him to bed? Does he, would he have his own bed somewhere, or would he have to sleep with somebody else? He could sleep in my bed. He could sleep in your bed? I think that this heart puppy would love to let you take care of him for me. He can sleep in my bed. Oh, man, man. Anybody love chocolate? I was expecting somebody to be excited. Man, let me try this again. He, he can sleep in my bed. Anybody love chocolate? Good. Okay, sit. I need somebody with a bunch of friends because you should not eat all of this at the same time. Look, it's got this cool thing. You rub it this way and it turns one good. And you rub it this way. It now, I, anybody have a mom that loves chocolate? Anybody? I only see the kids excited. Moms, anybody? Moms want a chocolate out there? Oh, good. Look, hey, look, I like it. Okay. I, I have an idea. There's a girl back here that can give me a good reason she needs this. Watch this right here. All right, sweetheart. You got to give me a good reason why this chocolate should go to you and nobody else. So I've got so many people that want this. I need to know what would be your answer. Uh, I don't like chocolate, and I just want to give it to my dad and mom. How <sighs> <laughs> can I give it to anybody else? <laughs> It's for you, sweetheart. Good job. Good job. 
Brother McCool, I hate it. But I know somebody that likes it. That's pretty good. I've got a pillow. I don't even know how it works. It's turning gold. I can't get it to turn red again. Help me turn my heart gold red. Would you help me turn this red? I don't even know how to turn it red. See, oh, it, it feels like a fish. Very good, very good. Oh, you did such a good job. You turned my heart red. This is the super cool pillow. This is something to remind somebody this week of our theme, wholehearted. There's something about loving God with all of your heart that's different than just serving him on the weekend that's different than just you know as long as everybody else is worshiping i'll worship it's different than i'll worship if my whole family worships i'll pray if everybody else is praying there's something different about a young lady that will be the only one giving god her whole heart It's something different about someone that's ready on the front row, in the middle, first at the altar, in the front, worshiping God. <laughs> something special about a girl that'll take my gold heart and make it red for me. Yeah. For you, sweetheart, and God bless you. <laughs> I got a monkey with a heart on his foot. What is this? That's a bear. Is it a monkey or a bear? It is a bear. Let's see. I got to look around for somebody that's excited about being at church. I only have one bear. Who wants my bear? Hold on. Hold on. You guys got to see this. Uh, come up here, sweetheart, in the pink dress. Yeah, come up here. Can, come all the way up here and stand right here. Right here. I'm going to go down, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look, and I want to ask you from here, who wants my bear? And I'm going to see if you're excited enough for it. So when I say, who wants my bear? If you would just go, yeah, crazy. One, two, three. Who wants my bear? <laughs> Definitely you can have my bear. Give her a hand. She's awesome. She got my bear. I tell you what, that girl has got some energy. She's got some. How many of you have seen my I prayed real good lanyards? How many have one of these? Raise your hands. Wow, you guys do. You forgot it at home. Ugh. Well, there's hope. If you do not have an I prayed real good lanyard, you can get one if you will pray real good. <laughs> Now, I think that praying real good is one of the best things we can ever do. And it's a great thing for us as kids to be able to pray real good. Now, praying real good is something that a lot of grown-ups don't do. Because, see, grown-ups are too worried sometimes about what other people are going to think. It'll happen later. Don't worry about it. Just know it's coming. And they don't want to cry. They don't want to get emotional. But God is emotional. God, sometimes when you get to worshiping God, you feel chill bumps on your arms. Anybody ever felt that? I have no idea why God makes you have chill bumps. Doesn't make sense to me. It's not like he's cold. 
But he, I get chills. Sometimes when you're praying, you might feel like tears are going to come out of your cheeks, but you don't have a bobo or an owie anywhere. But for some reason, you want to cry. Anybody ever felt like crying when you come? Okay, yeah, see, it's like me. I'm the same way. I feel like crying when I'm worshiping God, but I am not hurt. I don't know why I'm crying. Sometimes I like to call that tears of honesty. Tears of honesty. When I talk to my grandma, sometimes when I talk to grandma, she asked me one time, oh, don't tell her I said this. She asked me one time, she said, Jerry, that's what grandma calls me. Jerry, did you get a cookie off of the counter? The truth was, yes. My answer was, I was hoping she would misunderstand me to think no. And then she said, she looked at me like, oh, grandma eyes like I would do anything not to disappoint grandma. Jerry, and she looked at me, oh, I can remember it right now. Oh. She said, did you get the cookie off the counter? And I went, <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I was being asked about something that was deep inside my heart. And when I started talking about something that was deep in my heart, my face exploded. And I don't know why, but water squirted out of my eyes like little water guns. It just happened. Like, and I started crying. And when I'm honest, sometimes when I tell mom, and I, I love, I love mom, and I say, Mom, I love you. <laughs> Even when I start to think about telling mom I love you, anybody else ever had this happen to them? I start going. <laughs> My, why? Uh, there's nothing wrong with my face. Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> there's nothing wrong, but I just start crying sometimes when I'm honest, right? When I just become transparent, like you can see inside. And that's what happens sometimes when we come up to the altar and we just start loving on God. When we're honest with God, tears come down our cheek. Now, I'm going to ask you a favor, please. This is something I, Brother McCool is saying, please. When somebody comes up to the altar in a few moments and begins praying and talking to God and being honest with God, please do not make fun of them. Do not even look at them. This is a private time between them and God. And if you want to encourage them, wonderful. But don't make fun of them. Let them worship God in the presence of people that love them. Is that okay? It's important. Somebody says, Brother McCool, I have been to the altar a thousand times, or I've not been to the altar a thousand times, and I don't feel like crying when I talk to God. I don't feel that emotion that you're talking about. Um, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Last night, we talked about the Lord removing from us a a stony heart. Where are you? I can't see you right there. There we go. Oh, sorry about that. Prizes don't go as far nowadays. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, uh, remove a st Sometimes a stony heart is that thing that keeps us from being able to cry. Now, I'm a man. You probably noticed. 
And I, I have difficulty sometimes not having a stony heart because stony hearts are kind of cool, you know. I don't cry. Growl. I don't cry. The problem is when I have that stony heart, and I get myself this stony heart when I go to the altar and I want to get close to God and I want to be connected to God, sometimes I can't. And then if something happens and my nose gets runny or my eyes start you know, turning red or tears, oh my goodness, come down my cheek, I feel very vulnerable because I'm just not used to doing that. This is the church. You are in what's called a sanctuary. And look, if you're a bird, you want to live in a bird sanctuary because it's against the law to shoot you. And you're in a people sanctuary. This is a place that's safe. It's a, you feel that? That's a little affirmation of the Holy Ghost as the Spirit of God just moves through and says, yeah, you know, maybe today is for you, Mom. Maybe today is for you, Dad. Maybe today is for you, young person. Good, good, good. Maybe today is the day I'm going to go to the altar like never before. Don't you wish pastor had hand signs like that? When pastor's up here preaching and he's just going down, he's like, ah. And the Lord God said, thou shalt not. I love my mama. I'm going to clean up my own laundry. I'm going to dry up the bathroom floor. I'm going to put my clothes where they go. I'm going to put my shoes where they go. I'm not going to make a mess when I get home from work. Oh, I was talking about the grown-ups. Now, you know what? I, I told the kids last night, told everybody, that sometimes when we're preaching and we're having a good time when we're talking, sometimes the Word of God is all about them good, scratch my back, feel good messages. But then occasionally the man of God, through the Word of God, will say something that doesn't quite, you know, get you to shouting out. Or sometimes it's like, We need some, and we need some, but we also need some. How many of you love the Word of God? I love the Word of God. I want to try to stay as close to my schedule as possible because I got some cool things that I want to do. First thing I want to do is I want to, I want to talk to some young people today. Did you know that it's possible to have great things almost? To have wonderful things except. To be a wonderful person except. To love God with most of my heart. It's possible to have a part of our lives that's dedicated to God and then have another part of our hearts that are do not disturb, no trespassing, keep out. There's parts of us that we can think it's perfectly okay if God just stays away from. Amen. 
We've got parts of our life that are, that are cordoned off. We've got parts of our life that says, you know what, God? You can touch this part. You can touch this part, but don't go to this place. This is a do not disturb. No trespassing. Keep out. I want to I wanna, I hope that we can somehow understand that when it comes to the things of God, uh, almost is not enough. We've got to be almost and all together. We've got to be completely and everything we've got sold out to the Lord. We need to give him our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sounds like, oh, I love how you do that. In fact, the other day, I asked some folks to make me some brownies. Who was it that was going to make me some brownies? I had, I had a, a tray. Oh, it was you. Oh, good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Oh, here they are. Are these the brownies? These are the brownies. Wait a minute. These look good. How many want some brownies? Anybody want some brownies? I think we, we can't eat them in church. Can I take the lid off? I, they have chocolate on top. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Uh, I don't know if there's enough for everybody. All right. I can only do like maybe 12. What 12 people want some of my brownies? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, man. Eight, nine, ten. We'll have to cut them smaller. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. You guys like brownies? What do you, these are beautiful. I'm so glad. Give her a big hand. She made us some brownies. I need something to cut them with. Oh, that's okay. I don't have to have chocolate chips in there. It's okay if there's no chocolate. I put the dog food. In the brownies? Why do you put dog food in brownies? So instead of putting chocolate chips in the brownies, you. But they look so good. They kind of have a strange pet smart smell. Who wants my brownies? I can just give the whole thing away now. <laughs> <laughs> you know the problem with these brownies is they look good do they look good but there's something in them that does not belong there's something in these brownies that make them bad for me you know, when they make dog food, please do not eat dog food. When they make food, there's all kinds of rules of what they have to do. They have to make sure and wash their hands. They have to wash their dishes. They can't, like, you know, use the same shovel that they use in the garden to put the groceries inside the big bins that make the dog food thing. And when they squirt them out into little shapes, you know, it, when they make food in little shapes, you have to make sure that everything's clean. There can't be any hair or mold or things in there. But for the dog food, they're like, eh, you know, dogs, dogs do all kinds of disgusting stuff. That won't hurt them. <laughs> so whatever a dog would do, they don't mind if the people that work there do. I don't want anybody cooking my food doing things dogs do because I've seen a dog do some really nasty, disgusting stuff. I've never seen a dog wash his hands before he cooks for me. So even though dog food looks like it might be fun to eat, don't eat dog food food. That's right. Don't eat dog food. Amen. Especially in brownies. 
My dear, God has spoken through you today. It looks good, but it's not. It looks good, but it's not. I've got a wonderful, soft, pink heart here. This is a nice heart, amen? This heart is a good heart. I can squeeze this heart and everything feels good. This is a good heart. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see what's in my heart. because my, The Bible tells us that the Lord looks on the heart. We look on the outside. It's difficult to see what's true. It's difficult to see what's really happening inside. Maybe there's more in here than you might know. I've got some helpers going to come help me out here. I've got a plan. I want them to help me illustrate what could be going on inside your heart. Is it okay if we do that? You're not very excited about it. Is it okay if we do that? Good. Check this out. So what I've asked them to do is illustrate while I speak to you. I'm going to try to get out of the way so that, so that everybody can see real nice. I want you to... They have a heart back here. Say, look at that pretty heart. It's exactly like this one, except we opened it so you could see what's on the... The Bible says man looks on the outside, but God looks on the... Now, see, those brownies looked good on the, but on the, there was something nasty. Say nasty. Now, there's a lot of things that we can do in our lives that are fine to do. Say, they're okay. As long as you don't let it get inside your heart. Somebody say amen. Don't let it get in your heart. Say that. There is nothing in the world wrong with spending time with your friends. There's nothing in the world wrong with it. But what happens is when we start making room in our heart for uh, we start making room in our heart for other stuff, we're taking out what God put inside. And the problem when we start taking God out of our heart is that now anything we come in contact with, we have the option to put it inside our heart. We might be wanting to hang out with our friends. And I, I, don't, I don't have any friends I could put inside my heart. So I've asked someone, I was thinking, what is something that I enjoy with friends? And I like peanut butter and jelly. If, if, I, I don't know. You guys like peanut butter and jelly? Okay, there, is there anything wrong with peanut butter and jelly? Unless you let it get in your heart. What is happening over here? She, oh my God. <laughs> she is put, oh, do hang over the, the yeah, yeah, that looks, uh, she's, do you want to get peanut butter and jelly in your heart? Now, there's nothing wrong with peanut butter and jelly, is there? But it doesn't belong in your... We want to keep what God puts in our heart in our heart. We don't want to just go through life putting any old thing inside our heart. That is pretty disgusting. 
pretty disgusting. Yes, that's nasty. You know, that's not all that can go inside your heart. There's other stuff that can go inside your heart. Let's see. Um, I, I'm trying to remember. What was the name? Were we going to put some... Uh, uh, anybody like playing in the snow? Anybody, you guys like doing that kind of stuff? You like playing in the snow? I love playing on the snow. I like playing in the snow on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But do I play in the snow at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning? Why not? Because that's when I go to church. There's nothing wrong with the snow unless I get it inside my... And it begins to take up the place that God put inside my heart. And if I begin to put God's stuff on the floor and the world's stuff in my heart, I am going to get in trouble. Amen? Man, that's important stuff. we got all kinds of snow going on there. Way to go. Boy, maybe we should have had a gas mask over there. <laughs> You know, I've had people, I don't know about you, but I've had people do things to me that upset me. I've had people that, that, that have done things to me that I wish they had never done. There's another thing I want to be sure that stays out of my heart. I don't want bitterness in my heart. Bitterness can happen to anybody. And I tell you what, we've got some vinegar here. Man, I tell you that, there's some people that I know that felt like I just went away thinking, oh my goodness, what is, gonna, oh, what is going on? Oh, it's all kind of nasty in there now. Oh, it's, just, it's like peanut butter and jelly, vinegary, foamy, uh, snowy stuff. Look, I don't want vinegar in my heart. I don't want bitterness in my heart. What do I need to do? It's alive. What do I, what do I need to do to, to keep bitterness out of my heart? Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? I'll never, it's making noise. It does stink. Sounds like a certain room in my house. <laughs> yeah, the one with the bathtub in it. Yeah. Um, I don't want bitterness in my heart. I don't, want, I don't want bitterness in my heart, so I have to ask God to forgive me. Lord, would you forgive me? When bitterness, get, bitterness gets in your heart when somebody else does something to you. When somebody else does something to you. Not when you do something to somebody else. When you do something to somebody else, that's sin and you need to repent. But bitterness is different. Bitterness is like an acid, like this vinegar that gets inside your heart and it will corrode you. It will eat you alive. Bitterness can take the happy right out of your day. It can take the joy out of your song. It can take the, the blessing out of your words. Bitterness will destroy you if you let it. I don't want bitterness in my heart at all. I don't want it. There's nothing in the world wrong with the Tigers baseball team, is there? Don't you love the Tigers? The Tigers are doing a great job. Nothing wrong with baseball. I enjoy baseball, but not 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So we went to the game. Look what we got. What do we get from, for the Tigers? What do we, can we do to represent this? It's a chili cheese dog. One bite. She, is it okay if she eats in church? Too late now. She's going to ask you, oh, that's pretty good. There's nothing in the world wrong with baseball. Have a great time. Enjoy. But, oh, oh, there's a chili cheese dog in your heart. <laughs> I think some men can relate to that feeling, <laughs> right? I've been there, done that. <laughs> like, oh, wow. There is a cheese dog. <laughs> that's pretty disgusting. Look, there's not, is there anything wrong with chili cheese dog? Just don't let it get in your, because God belongs in your heart. Don't let that kind of stuff get inside your heart. 
There's nothing in the wrong with sports. Nothing wrong with sports. I'm glad that folks like to play football and basketball. They like to go outside and play baseball. They like to run around the track. What do we have? We got some Gatorade. Anybody like Gatorade? There's nothing wrong with Gatorade. But don't let Gatorade get in your It's okay. Oh, it's leaking out the yikes. Oh, wow. It smells really strange. Oh, I'm just going to keep this out there so I don't get it. Well, I, yeah, wow. You know what? That is one nasty looking heart. <laughs> but it's because this heart has got all kinds of things inside it that never should be in the heart. It's one thing to do things, enjoy things, and have things in your life. Just don't let it get inside your heart. You know what? There's nothing in the world wrong with, with um, let's see, what is this? I've got... Um, uh, mm -hmm. chocolate syrup wow with having fun I tried chocolate syrup do we have okay anybody like chocolate syrup chocolate syrup's fun I like to put it on Sundays I like to put it on desserts now I think there's nothing in the world there's nothing in the world wrong with having fun <laughs> there's nothing in the world wrong with having fun there is nothing God wants you to have fun does God want you to have fun? There's nothing wrong with having fun. Just don't let it get in your... Don't let it take the place of God in your heart. There's nothing wrong with doing it. But when it gets in your heart, something that's okay can become sin. Something that's okay otherwise, that is so disgusting, can become sin. There's nothing in the world wrong with, oh, um, slime. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with, I like to think of slime as my attitude. You know, attitudes are a great thing to have a good attitude. But I can have a, sli a, sli a sli I can have a slimy attitude and it's a bad thing. How many have, have ever seen someone with a slimy attitude? Um, I do not want a slimy. That looks like. Uh, yes, it does. I don't want a slimy attitude. And if I get an attitude like that in my heart, it could be a terrible, terrible thing. There's nothing in the world wrong with looking good. There's nothing wrong with your appearance, with taking care of yourself. You need to be clean. You need to wash your hair. Take a bath every what? Take a bath every when? Who said week? Take a bath every week? No, you need, to, you need to be pretty. You need to smell good. You need to make sure and do your hair. You need to, this is some shampoo and conditioner and some smell good stuff and some, oh, now it's chocolate mousse. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Man, that heart looks very different than when it started off. Before and after. Wow. That heart looks so very different. Nothing wrong with looking good. There's a lot of things that there's just there's that are fine until they get it. There's nothing wrong with school. I'm so glad that we go to school. I'm so glad that school is over. It's a place that we can go, we can learn. And, and I got some applesauce for school. You know, you like applesauce? Everybody like applesauce? 
I like it. Applesauce is like school. Oh, my goodness. Grandson, be careful. Wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with school. There's nothing wrong with school activities and school clubs and school stuff. But when school starts taking the place of God in our hearts, it can cause some serious problems. It can cause some serious problems. I brought a blender. Is that okay? Now, now guys, this is going to be kind of crazy, okay? This is going to be crazy. Now, there is something that is precious to most of you. All of us seem to really like this. In fact, the Bible says that this is something that... Let me hear it. Wait, who wants this one? Just a second. Maybe I'll... What did she just put inside the blender? What is the green in there? Is there anything... That's real money. That's about a dime. There's about a nickel. Look, is there anything wrong with money? Unless it gets in your instead of God. So I didn't know how to. I was afraid you would dig through my heart and get my money. So we brought a blender to blend. So we're, we've got chopped up money. She's going to take that money. And instead of having money, money has you. And she's going to put, oh. Everybody say, oh. Wow. That heart is full of everything we love instead of the things of God. That heart is full of things I love. I love this stuff. I think I've put in this heart something that represents everything we love. Everything. I didn't want to put a mom or dad in here. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Does anybody have a cell phone I can borrow? You ha do, you, do you have a cell phone I can borrow? Do you have a cell phone? Okay. Well, don't actually put it in the heart. Should we put it in the heart? <laughs> put it inside our heart. Let's just go ahead and put it in there. Let's go ahead and put it inside the heart. Let's see what happens. How many of you love your iPhone? No! Oh, that's it. <laughs> that's... Here, here you go, bro. Here you go. Right here, right here, man. Oh, it is right on top. You might want to take the cell phone out for me and like look at it right there. 
I, I don't know. It's pretty. Oh, that phone. Look, how many of you love technology and you like your phone and you like to text and you, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Unless it takes the place of God in your life. If instead of reading your Bible, you're on Facebook. If instead of talking to God, you're only talking to your friends. If instead of doing your homework or doing responsible things, you're just on your phone looking at all kinds of things. We've got to watch out for things like that. Because if we're not careful, things like that will take the place of the things God has for us. Look at this heart. Look at this heart. It looks like our heart has a cold. <laughs> it's got a little bit of flu bug looking thing going on right there. Let's, let's look at, at Mark chapter number 7, verse 20 to 23. On the screen behind you, we're going to put Mark chapter 7, verse 20 to 23. The Bible says, and he said, this is the Lord speaking, that which cometh out of man, cometh out, in or out? Out of man. That that cometh out of man, that's what defiles him. That's what makes him nasty. This is Bible. Is it okay if we read Bible? Let's go ahead and read the next couple verses. From, for from within. In what? In this old nasty heart. You see, when, when we were created, when we were made, at the beginning we were clean and beautiful and we were fresh and Adam and Eve were pure and holy and righteous in the presence of God. But then sin came into their hearts. They started looking at things they couldn't have and they wanted it. Those desires went untethered. They, they started wanting things they couldn't have from within out of the heart of men, not the heart of God. The heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit. This is nasty stuff. An evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all of this stuff. The Bible says all these evil things, they don't come from the heart God made. They come from the heart you made. They come from within this right here. And that is what defiles a man. It's the stuff inside our hearts. It's not the God in our hearts. Look, when somebody in the church makes you mad, upsets you, offends you, does something wicked to you, it's not God in them that's doing that. It's the mankind in them that's doing that that's why it's ridiculous for us to get mad at the pastor at the person beside you in church but that's the way those people in church that's the way humans are there's the word and except for god every one of us would be that way let's look at jeremiah chapter number seven and verse number nine i've heard people say i met this boy and he's just so good looking and he plays an instrument and he's he's got a good job and he wears these really nice shoes. And mom, he's so awesome. Yeah, I know he does this and he does that and he shouldn't that and he doesn't come to church, but maybe I can win him. <laughs> really? 
there's this, this job I really want. And I think it'll really help my business. It'll, it'll help my family. I'll be able to do things I've never been able to do. I'll get to buy me some toys, and I'll get to buy her some nice stuff, except it's overtime, or it's working nights away from my family, or I have to be gone on Sunday, or I have to stop my ministry. And somebody says, oh, just, you, you know, you put it on faith. Just follow your heart. Oh, oh this, this girl, this boy, this person, this job, this trip, this, just follow your heart. That sounds like good advice. To just follow your heart. Who in their right mind would follow that? Who in their right mind would consult that? And try to make a good decision instead of a heart that's full of God. Instead of talking to the Lord about this situation, I look within my heart. What do I want? What do I want? That's exactly what got Eve in trouble. What do I want? I don't know about you, but this is probably a good example of some of us in this room. You say, Brother McCool, I don't look like that. Oh, really? Well, this is the way all of us look when we come to the house of God. Our heart is full of everything but the Lord. It's full of everything. David, after catching himself, coming to himself, after a terrible decision. You see, he was in the wrong place at the right time, and the enemy took advantage of that, put something in front of his eyes in Psalm chapter number 51 and verse number 10. And, and David did something terrible, and he came to himself and recognized that this sin that he did, a little thing he might have thought, ended up with murder, and then it ended up with the loss of a child. In Psalm chapter number 51 and verse number 10, David begins to pray to God and he asks him to create in me. You see, David recognized the condition of his heart. One moment, David's heart got full of nastiness. One moment, a well-intentioned leader, a man after God's own ended up with a nasty. And he followed his heart that morning, looking out across the balcony of the kingdom, and it got him in a lot of trouble. And David prayed, Oh God, create in me, O oh God, a clean heart. That's why. And renew a right spirit within me. God, put back inside me all the things I took out so I could do what my heart wanted. Some of us are going to find ourselves in this place. If you are a human and you lived in the nasty world that I live in, billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent to corrupt your heart, to fill your heart by taking from your pockets all kinds of things. It, look, don't beat yourself up. You are a target. People are aiming at you. You're not running into bullets 
There are scopes and dots. All the people are aiming at you to get your mind. They're trying to connect you to your internet. They're trying to hook you to websites. They're trying to take your money. They're trying to make you drink alcohol until you can't stop. Take pills until you can't stop. Consume, consume, get. They're trying to get you as busy as they possibly can. Take everything they can from you and then kick you to the curb when they're done. So the fact that your heart is like this is not the question. The fact that you recognize it should be like this is the point. I wish there were a way that we could have a new heart put inside of us. I want you to meet Kimberly. She is a patient at the Texas Heart Institute. When, the, when this video plays here and, and they mention the, the word uh, uh, the Heart Institute, I want you to think of that as the church. When they talk about the doctors, I want you to think of those doctors as God, the one that can get in there and take care of that heart. And when she talks about her physical health, I want you to think about spiritual health. Does that make sense? So we want to kind of make that switch over. So I hope you can see the monitors back here. Let's go ahead and play this, uh, this couple-minute-long video. I want you to hear uh, what somebody that physically had a heart like this and they got a new heart. See, today I'm going to invite us all to the altar, kids, moms, dads, grandparents, with a bad heart, and we're going to pray that God would give us a new heart. Let's watch this, this video here. Kimberly. My name is Kimberly Connell. I'm from Houston, Texas. I was diagnosed with a heart murmur at the age of 12. I lived with a heart murmur up until I was about 17 years old, and life was just dry for me. It was, I, I wasn't able to do much. I wasn't able to play, I wasn't able to run, I wasn't able to do the things that normal kids did. Seventeen years old. In 2015 is when everything turned for the worse because I ended up pregnant with my son. And that wasn't the best thing for me to do because I was already sick and they told me that I couldn't carry a child. And I just pretty much walked by faith and I believed that I could get him here. And I was able to deliver him August the 20th of 2015. But the only sad part about it is he passed away a month and three days later. Hmm. And at that time, life was extremely hard. I was down to pumping 20% of my, my heart, trying to survive and also dealing with the loss of my child. Now that I'm at Texas Heart Institute, I have to say it's a wonderful feeling. When I go to my doctor's appointment, I have these great nurses, and I just feel like a new person at this point. The first thing that Dr. Myers told me to do is make sure I take care of my heart. So I pretty much go to the cardiac rehab three times a week. I've changed my diet to where I eat fruits and vegetables. I eat fish, baked chicken, and I exercise even when I'm not at the rehab. I make sure that I walk on a daily basis. I drink plenty of water. If I want a soda, I drink sparkling water just to get the, you know, the same fizz. But at the same time, I just want to keep it healthy because I want to be healthy and I feel great. I've never felt this way in my life and I want to continue to feel like this.
Well, when I look back and I think about the Texas Heart Institute and the doctors, I come to realize that they have your best interests in mind. Like they're the experts. They know everything. They know what you don't know. And it's when they give you medicine, it's not to hurt you, but it's only to help you. And I had to learn that myself. And I'm just grateful for the experience. The support group has helped me in many ways. I feel like when I got to rock bottom, if it had not been for the support group, I think I probably would have stayed there longer than I was. It's dealing with the Texas Heart Institute and the heart group, it's almost like a breath of fresh air. It's almost like living again and how they, they can educate you on things that you don't know or if something come about, they are able to give you the answer because they already been through it. For fun to me, now that I've been transplanted, it's just the fact that I can walk long periods of time without getting tired. That's fun to me. It's exciting to me because I've never been able to do that. Just like when I go to the mall or to the grocery store, I don't have to like sit in the bucket or I don't have to sit on the bench. I can walk as long as everyone else is walking and now I pass everyone up. So that's fun to me. I'm so grateful for my heart transplant. It have truly changed my life. Can we give a hand to Kimberly and her road to recovery right there? <clears throat> she needed a new heart. Now, we were talking about a physical heart here, and somebody donated to her a heart. Somebody made a way for her to live. You heard her taking care of her body. Now, when we come to the Lord, we need to take care of our spiritual selves. We need to read. We need to nurture ourselves in the Word. Come to church. Be She goes to rehab three times a week. Look, Folks, that's what happens when you get a new heart. You just come to the house of God. I've got one more video I want to share to you. This one is, is very touching to me also. Uh, this is about a transplant, and she kind of thanks that donor in a, in a unique way. Today, we're going to get a heart transplant. You get to come and experience what these ladies have, and thousands of others. You get to experience this today. Think about this heart. This is what's inside you. Let's see what happens in this circumstance. They had always said, you know, when you get a heart, this place will start going crazy and you'll start having activity. Um, and we started seeing that, but it was all, you know, outside of my door and, and didn't know what was going on really. And um, all of a sudden, one of the coordinators walked in the room, and we knew something was going on, but we didn't know exactly what. And quickly, um, after Dr. Bogabe came in the room and said, it's yours. And I remember asking her, um, am I still on the list, like still a match, or is it, is it my heart? And she said, you have this heart. It is yours. It is 100% your number one. Um, you know, you're getting a heart today. You know, I was so ill at this point that I remember um, Dr. Bogave saying, you know, how fast can we get her son here? How fast can we get Carter? Because he was with my um, uh, in-laws and they were about two hours away. And I remember Carter coming into the room and I remember getting to see him and uh, tell him I love him. And um, my family, most 
everybody was, was coming in. You know, my brothers and my mom and dad and, and my husband Kevin were already there, but everybody else was starting to kind of trickle in to, to see me before surgery. Um, and I got to, to say hi to everybody and, and just know that they were there supporting me. I remember going down in the elevator and all of my family being in one elevator, there was probably 15 of us in the elevator, and getting to say goodbye to everybody and, you know, I'm going to be great, no worries for me, just say some prayers and, um, you know, every, everything's going to be perfect, we're good. And getting to, to do that and then I don't even remember going through the doors. Um, and I remember um, slowly waking up the next morning and... Uh, you know, having that intubation tube still in and being scared to death of that. That was my worst fear, was having the breathing tube in. And getting, getting through that and um, starting the recovery process, knowing that I'm alive. And my fingers and toes are warm. They hadn't been warm in a while. Um, and being able to breathe. I could lay down and breathe. And that was unbelievable. Um, couldn't automatically feel my heartbeat that I had felt for months and months and months. Uh, that was a good feeling to not feel your heartbeat, which sounds absolutely crazy, but it was a wonderful feeling to not sit there and count your heartbeats and wonder, um, am I going to feel VTAC? You know, have that fear um, and just know that it was success. At that moment, you know, several hours later, the surgery was a success. have a new life. You've been giving a new life by an amazing family and an amazing person who decided that it was important um, to be a donor and to give somebody the gift of life when it was their time um, and it was not needed anymore. And uh, that's probably the biggest struggle through a heart transplant for me was the emotional side of loving this family and this person that I don't know and that I don't know anything about and um, praying for them at the same time that I'm praying for myself and my health um, to, to be given a peace for, for both of us, for both their family and for me and my family, that this all works um, like it should. Thank you, Lord, for providing places like this, people that have a desire to be a, a donor, and doctors that go to school for years and years to make this happen. Why don't we give Katie a, a hand and those donors that took that up? That's Katie and Kimberly's story. She couldn't feel warmth in her feet and in her hands. That's one of the things that happen when our heart gets full of stuff. We, we lack that warmth that we need. We lack the stamina that we need. We find it difficult to make it through tough decisions. And young people, children, I want you to know that when your heart's not working right, it's hard to cry, it's hard to love. That old stony heart inside of us can make it difficult to pray. Look, I want to encourage some folks today. I mean, this is, this is geared toward our children, but 
It's also geared toward all of us. The message is that we can get a new heart today. But I want to take a moment to talk to our parents, our young people. Life has a way of just getting inside our hearts. You don't have to be a bad person. It doesn't take being a bad person. In fact, if you just have an open heart, there's a good chance there's things that are going to come into that heart. Oftentimes, it's just the fact that we're a loving person, that things get in our heart that we just seem to accept. If it's been a long time since you've been able to pray and talk to God, if it's been a long time since you've been able to just connect with God, these kinds of things can happen at 8, 10, 12 years old. I was 11 years old when the pastor was driving to my house, and I'll never forget it. He was driving a blue and a gray uh, Chevrolet pickup truck. He had this exhaust that sounded very, very unique, and I was a couple of blocks away, and I heard that truck coming to, to my house. Pastor's coming over. And I pedaled my little bicycle as fast as I could, and I got it all the way to the house, and, and I threw my bike down and ran inside. I'm going to see Pastor. He came to visit me. My family had just come apart, just months before and he's here to help us out and I go in there and they're talking you know grown up talk and I went into my bedroom and and and, and he got finished talking I just heard him start his truck and I heard that exhaust I'm like that's my bastard and I had time to go to the window my, my, the blinds in my window I was right there my bed was super super my bedroom was super small and the bed was up against the window. and I pulled the blinds open like that you know I wanted to see pastor And I saw him in his truck, and horror struck me when I noticed that I had thrown my bicycle down right behind his truck. And my pastor, whom I loved, I saw it as that truck, I couldn't say anything, I couldn't scream, I couldn't stop him, and he hit my bicycle, and he ran over the, right across the, barely ran over the back tire, but then when he got to that front, it went right to the the tire, and then right up against the handlebars. And the handlebars flipped like that and hit the bottom of his truck. And and he stopped. And he rolled forward. And he got out. And my pastor that I loved, he reached down on the ground with one hand. And he took my bicycle that meant everything to me. And he threw it over his shoulder. And then he looked at the back of his truck behind his wheel and rubbed it like that got in the truck and drove away. In that moment, the devil himself whispered in my head and said, Jerry, that man doesn't love you. That guy doesn't love you. He's fake. He doesn't care about you. He he doesn't like you and he doesn't like anything that you have. He's just another man that wants to hurt you. I was shocked. I was lost. I was in pain. I was vulnerable. The enemy sowed a seed of bitterness in me against the man of God in my life and against against the church, against God. It was years later before I was standing at an altar just like we're about to stand in. I had a call to preach on my life. And I told God, God, I love you with all of my heart. Lord, search me. And if there's anything in my life that doesn't belong, let me see it so I can take care of it. And he said, Jerry, 
What about your bicycle? My bicycle, that's been years ago. Then that bitterness started coming up inside my heart. Oh, Lord, forgive me. That man loves you like you would never know. He had things going on in his life. He had no idea that you saw that. The enemy twisted that fact and turned it into a feeling that you had. Nobody loves you like your pastor. No matter what the devil says. But nobody loves you like your parents. No matter what the enemy says. Maybe today's a great day to just come to an altar and give God our stony heart. Take that nastiness that's in our hearts and let God squeeze it out and take all of that disgusting away and give you a brand new heart. You say, Brother McCool, I've never been to a church like this before. I don't know what to do. I, I like the church I go to. I like the life I'm living. I, I, I like what I'm doing. But I have to say I feel something happening in my heart. If this is you, when you come to this altar, you're not joining a church. You're not turning your back on anything that you've made commitments to in the past. You're not doing... What you're doing is you're joining this family as we worship the Lord today. You're, you're, you, you can leave and go wherever you choose to worship. But the God that you worship is in this house also. And you're with people that you love. Maybe... You're not going anywhere right now. Maybe there's, there's an opportunity for you to connect with a congregation that really does love God and really will support you. And we've got opportunities for you to be involved. Maybe this is God leading you to the Heart Institute where those support groups can help you. They can equip you and be with you. Can we all stand all over the house? In a moment, I'm going to open the altars. That's a formal time, an official time. Not yet. Hold on. Before you come to the altar, I want to lead you in repentance. Now, I'm not praying instead of you. I'm going to pray with you because there's a couple of things that will really help you. You're not, once I pray and you pray, that doesn't mean that your heart is instantly brand new and you're on the way to heaven. What it means is we've made the first steps, those first steps. In fact, the Bible calls this a new birth. When you, when you ask the Lord to forgive you, you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's a new birth, according to John chapter 3 and Acts chapter number 2. That's the beginning, not the ending. It's the new birth, not the new retirement. So here we are, an opportunity to get a new heart. Brother McCool, I've been here for 100 years. My heart's good. That's a good indication that we need to pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you have a child with you, feel free to reach your hand on their shoulder, wrap your hands around them. Mighty God, I love you. And I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, God. I am so excited that I have come into a place where they have the technology, the ability, that I have the opportunity to come to you and say, Lord God, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lord, there's some things in my life that I know have made their way into my heart, and I just want to pour them out to you today. Wash me, God. Clean me. Let me look inside and see, even for a moment, what I'm giving you. I've got all that stuff inside me, God, and it's gross, nasty, and disgusting. Lord, I need a new heart. Lord, would you forgive me? Just like that. Tell him, Lord, would you forgive me? 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry I've pulled away from you. I'm sorry I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've left things I should do undone. God, I'm sorry for things I've touched I should have never touched. Lord, I'm sorry for places I've gone I should have never gone. Words I've spoken, things I've heard, thoughts that I've allowed to go through my mind. Lord, forgive me. And with your strength, I will put those things away. Oh, this is good. I want to do a countdown. In 15 seconds, I'm going to open the altar. I'm going to count down in 15 seconds. So for the next 15 seconds or so, I want you to get ready for a heart transplant. Before you go into surgery, there's always some preparatory work. And that's what's going to happen right now. I'm asking you right now just to search your heart. You need to look at your heart. Young person, look at your heart. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Follow after God. Lord, forgive me for following after my own heart. 12 seconds. Lord, forgive me for doing what I wanted instead of what you wanted. Lord, forgive me for going to my circle instead of to your circle. Lord, I need to cry. I need to lose it with you. Eight seconds left. Eight seconds before we get a heart transplant. Lord, I need to be able to take this stony, cold, hard, rigid heart out and be able to lift my hands and speak out loud to you. Lord, I love you. Five seconds, Lord, I love you. Can we say it out loud? I love you. I love you. Lord, take this old heart out. Three seconds. Come on, we can do it. I don't want you to walk. When I say now, I want you to come as quickly as possible. Three. Are you ready? Not a single soul left out there. Don't leave anybody alone. Bring somebody with two. This is going to be the most powerful altar call we've ever experienced. Everybody is going to join us at an altar. Hands lifted, worshiping God. One now. Come as quickly as you can. Feel the Come quickly. No, don't hesitate. This is a place we get to love God. Everyone, feel free to join the family of God. As we just love, thank you, Lord, for a new heart. You're doing good. Worship the Lord. Just begin to let him know, Lord, I'm ready for a new heart. Lord, I don't want to be full of things in this world. I felt you talk to me today. I need something different. I'm ready to go to the next level, God. I know you've been talking to me. Come on, church, let's pray. Use your voices. Use your words to talk to the Lord.